Hi folks, and welcome to the 25th edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming to you from my office in Bourbon, Illinois. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to tune in. This episode is entitled, Impeach Garland and Mayorkas, but Slow Walk the Big Guy. Today I'm going to talk about the name Whipping Post, some golf, SCOTUS rulings, Pennsylvania voters, another perfect game, the big guy, and a few other noteworthy tidbits before winding up with my last commentary. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chiro at Core Street Ford, now in their 40th year serving Kankakee County. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You know, you can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups, which is what I drive. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. Call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. Hey, congratulations to Dan Korthauer and Jeff Chero on the whooping they put on me and my son Zach for the Country Club Classic last Sunday. They beat us like the proverbial red-headed stepkid and managed to do it just before the monsoon that hit Kankakee. Dan shot lights out due to some fine coaching by Jeff. And speaking of golf, congratulations to Ricky Fowler for winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit after a four-plus year drought since winning his last tournament. I mention this only because it gives me some hope of actually doing something favorably on a golf course during my two-year drought of playing absolutely futile golf. You know, I sometimes get asked, why whipping post? What's with the name that you have plastered everywhere? My initial interest in the name whipping post comes from the Allman Brothers song by that name. Greg Allman wrote the song back in 1968 about a man betrayed by his woman to the point of depression, and tied to the whipping post waiting for punishment. When I wrote my first novel, I imagined a trucker tied to the whipping post slash steering wheel thousands of miles away from home where his world might be falling apart. His wife might be lonely and his kids might be running around with the wrong people. His grass isn't getting mowed either. From there, the name stuck and I found it appropriate for my commentaries as well. The big news last week was that it wasn't a good week to be a liberal waiting on Supreme Court rulings. The court struck down the biased affirmative admissions policies of two universities, which will apply across the country. This caused liberal heads to explode. So the media, anxious to get a fight going to produce ratings, stuck a microphone in the face of any Democrat they could find to fan the flames of racial discord. And they found some. The big guy stated the court has gone out of its way to unravel basic rights. Vice President Harris blasted the ruling as a denial of opportunity. Chuck Schumer questioned the court's legitimacy. Both Obamas weighed in with their disappointment, as did several Democrat governors. Minnesota Congressman Tim Smith tweeted for the expansion of the court, a measure that had about as much chance of getting through as Liz Cheney winning the presidency. The NAACP, a paid tentacle of the Democrat Party, blasted the decision with as much vitriolic rhetoric as they could muster. Then the country's race hustler-in-chief 
Intax chief, L. Sharpton, said that the court stuck a dagger in the back of black Americans. Following day, the liberal head explosions continued when the high court struck down Biden's ridiculous student loan buyback program. This is where the big guy wanted to pay off student loans with other people's money, which is the people who didn't go to college or people who paid off their college loans, and they could pay for the deadbeats who didn't pay off their college slash party loans. Since this was the big guy's baby, he has vowed to find another way. The court also said that the right of free speech allows businesses to refuse service for same-sex weddings. This went over with the LGBTQT groups like the proverbial turd in a punch bowl. But in today's highly politicized country, the rulings of the Supreme Court couldn't remain civil, even between Supreme Court justices. The three liberal justices, Sotomayor, Jackson, and Kagan, all had to publicly denounce the decisions rather than uphold any dignity of the court. They shot their mouths off so much Chief Justice Roberts was forced to warn them for demonizing rulings they don't like. He said, It has become a disturbing feature of some recent opinions to criticize the decisions with which they disagree as going beyond the proper rule of the judiciary. It is important that the public not be misled either. Any such misperception would be harmful to this institution and our country. Well, a WNBA player and mental midget, Natasha Cloud, took the opportunity to rip the United States, calling our great country trash on Twitter because of the SCOTUS rulings. Perhaps she should have spent more time, or some time rather, with Brittany Griner in the Russian gulag before opening her big damn mouth. Don't call our country trash, Ms. Cloud. You are paid too much to entertain too few people to put a ball in a basket, much like a trained seal. It should be noted in a dissenting opinion that Justice Sotomayor incorrectly cited the Pulse nightclub mass shooting as anti-gay hate, somehow connecting that example to force a graphic designer to make gay wedding websites. I don't know how that connects either, folks. There was no connection between the shooter and anything about being anti-gay. He picked that nightclub due to its lax security. This is what you get from a Supreme Court justice these days. Sotomayor's appointment to the court is what we call the sister-in-law rule on the golf course. You're up there, but you really shouldn't be. In light of these rulings, we need to shed a tear for poor Alessandra Biaggi. The former New York State Senator is upset that the Supreme Court struck down the big guy's student loan buyout. She tweeted she had $180,000 in debt from going to Fordham Law School, and now she still owes $203,000 after paying for 11 years. How does that math compute? What Biagi didn't tweet was pictures of her $1.137 million New York home. The Supreme Court ruling, by the way, only said the president cannot authorize the loan forgiveness, but Congress can. So we might not be out of the woods yet with this matter, should the House turn back over to the Democrats and a dim president is incoherently roaming the halls of the White House again. I'll be damned if I understand how people taking a loan should expect it to be paid off by the government. Hell, if they're going to do that, we have some trucks they can pay off. Never mind. We have a conscience and more respect for ourselves than that. We'll pay off our own debts, not strap the taxpayers with our debt. 
George Judson will very soon have nothing on us. A California company is building a flying electric car and is taking orders. A left aeronautics, I might have screwed that name up, has been given a special airworthiness certification from the FAA, which allows them to both road and air test the car. The car can be driven up to 200 miles on the road and launched vertically into the air, turned sideways, and flies another 110 miles on a charge. 300000 bucks is the expected price, and $150 down will get you on the list. They say the car will fit into your garage as well. So get this. A bill was passed by the Michigan House of Misrepresentations, making it a felony to use the wrong pronouns when addressing certain people. You heard that right. Evidently having nothing better to do, in their estimation, some people might feel threatened or intimidated should you call them by the wrong pronoun. The punishment? Up to five years in jail or a fine up to 100000 bucks. So, if he identifies as a she, you must use the pronoun she, even if she has a beard and male private parts, or you might face a penalty. Your free speech rights be damned. Where was this law when I was growing up as a kid in Chabance? I got called everything under the sun. And by the way, who gets to keep that $100,000 fine? The bill must now go to the Michigan Senate, which hopefully is not made up of a bunch of snowflakes. Former ball player Jim Edmonds was broadcasting a St. Louis Cardinal baseball game and mentioned he was shocked that some teams have changed their names. He referenced the Cleveland Indians, now known as the Guardians, and the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders. His comments were actually pretty vague as he was just making conversation that he was shocked by the changes and that he thought the Indian references were actually pretty cool. I guess his wife is partial Native American Indian. Well, that opinion watered up some panties, so now Edmund is in hot water with several in society who are calling him names. Jim is evidently not entitled to his opinion, according to some folks. Jim, if you're listening, I back you 100%, buddy. Did you hear about that poor woman from Thailand? Somehow her leg got caught up in a moving walkway at the Thailand airport, and the unimaginable happened. She had to have the leg amputated above the knee. I kid you not. think I might avoid those things for a while. Big news. Mainstream media is giddily reporting the big guy and former President Trump are in a near tie in a key battleground state for the 2024 election, according to a Quinnipiac poll. The big guy has 46% of the registered voters, and Trump has only 47%. Notice how I did that. Trump is leading, but trying to think like a liberal, I put Trump second in my sentence, garbled up the words a little bit, and used the word only, even though Trump's got the lead. It doesn't matter anyway, folks. The poll was taken in Pennsylvania. In the last election, those blockheads re-elected a dead man, Tony DeLuca, for state representative, and then in a hold-my-beer moment, they elected a stroke victim with the capacity of a carrot when they placed John Fetterman in the U.S. Senate. Since they have a propensity to vote for the dead and near-dead, does it surprise you 46% of the electorate can't wait to vote for the big guy again? Trump should just skip that state altogether. 
If you recall, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Ernie Shore's no-hit game, that he wasn't credited for a perfect game, even though he retired 27 batters in a row. I also mentioned there had been only 23 perfect games, none since 2012, and the Yankees had four of them. Well, I spoke too soon. The Yanks did it again when Domingo German chucked the perfect game at the Oakland Athletics Wednesday night the 27th. It was the first since 2012, the 24th in history, and the fifth by a Yankee. Our nation just celebrated its 247th birthday, and I'm always reminded of Thomas Jefferson. Dude was so instrumental in making our country great. This is mind-blowing. At a dinner honoring all the Nobel Prize winners of the Western Hemisphere in April of 1962, President John Kennedy had this to say about Jefferson. I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent and human knowledge that has ever been gathered together at the White House, with the possible exception of when Thomas Jefferson dined alone. Now that's a tribute. Our third president, Jefferson, was the author of our Declaration of Independence, one of the greatest documents ever written. He doubled the size of our country with the Louisiana Purchase. He was the first Secretary of State under Washington and Vice President under John Adams. Fittingly, he died on July 4, 1826, on the 50th anniversary of the adoption of his Declaration of Independence. Ironically, a few hours later, after Jefferson died, so did John Adams. Have you heard about Cassius, the world's largest and possibly oldest crocodile in captivity? This sucker, who calls an Australian wildlife park home, is 17 foot 11 and 3 quarters inches long. And he's still growing, despite the fact that he may be, get this, 110 to 120 years old. His handlers say he is healthy and should continue to grow older and get bigger. I wonder how they measure that sucker. An update on my upcoming book, Roll Me Away, I have contracted to put the book into audiobook format. The electronic publication should be out no later than December for the folks that prefer to listen rather than read. No word on who is going to do the reading, although I requested Sam Elliott. Obviously, I won't get Sam, but now you have a mental picture of the main character. Also, sports fans, the reviews and cover of the book have been completed. I got two authors, Brian Viders and Judge Clark Erickson, a vice president of a S&P 500 company, Steve McBriar, and an owner of a 1,000 truck fleet, Royal Jones, to write reviews for the book. Thanks, guys. I'm pumped. Hey, this episode came to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. You can depend on George Ryan's insurance company for nearly all your insurance needs and in many different states. Call the folks at Ryan's Insurance at 815-936-0075 for a quote today. That's 815-936-0075. Or you can look them up at their website at www.grinsure.com. Now, time for the commentary on Impeach Garland and Mayorkas, but slow walk the big guy. By now, it should be obvious to everyone that Dad and Lad Biden are up to their chins in corruption. Even the most fervent left-leaner must have that sinking feeling that this is not going to end well for Joe, perhaps carrying through the 2024 election. And I'll bet in their head they're blaming it on Hunter and that Joe was just being a loving father. Bull. 
IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley is blowing the lid off the lies and cover-ups we've been fed by the Biden administration and the Department of Injustice and the FBI and the complicit mainstream media about bribery schemes that took place when Biden was vice president during Obama's crime spree. The lies, slow walking, and cover-ups in the Hunter Biden's laptop, his tax evasion, and gun charges have been going on now for five years, helping the big guy win the 2020 election. However, it only led to a mere slap on the wrist for his son's transgressions. And to make it worse, either Shipley is lying in testimony before the House Ways and Means Committee, or the United States Attorney General Merrick Garland has been lying to the country as their stories contradict each other. In my head, I'm wondering what sense it would make for Shapley to go before Congress if he was lying. Keep in mind, Shapley is the second IRS whistleblower to go before the committee. Are both IRS agents lying? Could this be another Trump plot? Shapley has backed up his claims with documents and messages gotten from a search warrant of Hunter's iCloud account, including WhatsApp messages, conversations with the IRS and Department of Injustice meetings, and transcripts with associates of Hunter's. Shapley also provides evidence that the big guy himself has been lying to America when he says he knew nothing of Hunter's business dealings and that, in fact, Joe met with those business partners on at least a dozen occasions. In one message, sent on July 30, 2017, Hunter sends a warning to a Chinese energy employee concerning a $5 million payment he has been expecting. Hunter tweets, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. Then, Hunter added, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. A week later, $5.1 million was wired to Hunter by the Chinese energy company CEFC, according to official bank records. I seriously doubt the banks are going to lie, folks. Shapley then stated they did not know if Hunter was bluffing about Joe sitting next to him, so they wanted to get something called a geolocate on the big guy. I'm not sure what a geolocate is. But whatever it is, the Delaware prosecutors blocked that request. Further, Shapley was refused warrants for a guest house at the big guy's Greenville home by Delaware Assistant Attorney Leslie West. Hunter was evidently living there. Then, when Shapley was about to search a storage unit Hunter kept, Wolf told Hunter's defense lawyers what was going to happen, ruining an opportunity to search it before Hunter destroyed evidence. Wolf's boss, David Weiss, meekly accepted refusal by Hunter's attorneys in Washington, D.C. and California to allow charges be brought against Hunter. Listen to that again. The lawyers refused the charges being brought against their client. Weiss claims to have asked for special counsel status so he could override the refusals, but was denied, presumably by Garland. Would you believe A.G. Garland denies Weiss asked for special counsel and then refuses to respond to Shapley's allegations? He testified under oath in April that Weiss had full authority in the case Incredibly, Garland is insulted he would be questioned about this. 
Someone is obviously lying, folks. As I said, why would not one but two whistleblowers come forward if their claims were not true? Who goes before Congress intending to lie? Well, other than another congressman. The lies, obfuscations, and denials were to get the big guy elected president, and now he is leveraging his power for the Justice Department to go light on his kid. The big guy should be impeached, but therein lies the rub. His replacement would be Kamala Harris. It is doubtful the country will survive 18 months of her ineptitude. Unless there is a way to impeach both the big guy and Harris simultaneously, allowing Kevin McCarthy to step in as president, then we need to slow walk and possibly just neutralize the big guy until he's out of office. His transgressions, once known, will surely be enough to turn the populace to voting out of office. But the spineless Attorney General, Garland, must be impeached now. It is he that made the decision to stick his thumb on the scales of justice, and he can't be trusted. Mayorkas, well, he's mismanaged, stonewalled, and lied about the entire southern border mess and should be thrown out with Garland while we're at it. That's all I got for you today, folks. I hope you like the podcast and you'll tell others to listen in. They can always find me at Webber's Whipping Post.com. See ya.